Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would talk with the follow grounds of our heart that makes teaching, preaching, easy, receptive for your people, God. Oh God, I ask you right now that you will have me behind the cross, give me access and ability to menace in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus. If I was going to pick a thought today, it would be, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And if I was, he kind of gave me a subtopic. God is going to turn it around for the believers. But I'm going to be in 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter. I'm going to be dealing with David today. I'm going to be in Psalm 68, verses 1 through 3. But it says, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Now, this is interesting that God, thing that God said, let his enemies, not your enemies, you belong to God. So what is you, what says, what are you now? You belong to him. What are you now? You belong to God. All your debt, all your fears, all your cares, your money, the clothes on your back, everything. He the one that paid a debt that no man could pay. And you got to look in the natural realm. When somebody comes in and cancels your debt, it is more than just the house mortgage. It's the credit cards. What's on the credit card? God has paid the debt in full. But what happens is, we do John 15 and 14. It says, sin no more, at least the worst of thing, fall on thee. And a lot of times we want to know why God is not moving and why God is not doing what he needs to do. But you got to understand something. You can't just come to God any kind of way. You did that when you first got saved. Now what is after salvation, as I've been telling the church? There's something else after you come up here and get saved. That means you got to allow God to clean up your mind, clean up your thoughts, go back and clean up a whole lot of stuff. But we want to hold on to things because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel like we've been a part of this or our moms and dad has done this a long time time but yet we never go through the cleaning we never go through the deliverance process and then guess what a lot of times when you get delivered you have a tendency to go back because your pattern has not changed that's why you got to allow the word to clean you up let God arise and his enemies be scattered and you're trying to fight the enemies on your territory in your way but you're not allowing God to rise up in you. You're not allowing the spirit of Christ to rise up. Because he said when the enemy comes one way, they are flee seven different ways. But why he's still standing there? I say he because in the spiritual realm, enemy, I mean, angels are, are like male figures. Let's go here. Second Samuel, sixth chapter. What is happening is David is doing something not the right way. So incorrect transportation of the ark. And then we're going to find out that David gets in his own emotions. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel. 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bela. Judah to bring up from there the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts 
who dwells between the cherubims. That means he is going back to get the ark of God. If the ark of God is not there, that means things are not prospering for David. Because you got to understand something, a whole lot of other things happened before it got there. And that's why it was at, um, it was at another place. We finna get there. Verse 3, so they set the ark of God in a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was in the hills. And Uzziah and, it says, Ahua, or Ahua, Ahia, or Ahia, excuse me, Ahia. And I thought there was something interesting about his name, Ahia. It says, brotherly, a brother of Yahweh. But Uzziah means her strength or strength. And we're going to find out something interesting is going to happen to Ohio, Ohio, excuse me. Something very interesting is going to happen with him. And these are two brothers. And Abinadad is their daddy. And it says, the sons of Abinadad, it says, drove the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadad. It says, which was on the hills of, it says, accompany the ark of God. It says, and a hawk, it says, Ahiah went before the ark. Then David and all the men of Israel played music before the Lord, and all the kings it says, kinds of instruments made for the wood. It says, on a harp, on strings, instruments, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. So they were singing and shouting. Because they put the art of the covenant on a new platform. And it was at Abinadad, and Abinadad's son, you got to understand it has to come from a Levite tribe. So you got to understand what is going on because you cannot be around the sacred things of God unless you're coming from out of the Levite tribe. So Ohaza and Ohio, you got to understand something. These are two men that are around the Ark of the Covenant, and they're moving it down the road. And then there's a, something that's going to happen. And that's a lot of times what happens in our life. We come into a bump down the road. It says, and when they came to Nikon, Nacon, it says, threshing floor, Uzziah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for oxen stumbled. So he took his strength. See, it's different when we move out on the strength and power of God. It's different when we move out on our own strength. And it's going to cost him something. Because you come into a bump on the road, don't mean you put your hand out, your own strength out to fix something. Unless God tells you to. Because God is about the law. But even though he meant well, but his doing cost him something. Uzziah, his own strength or her strength. Verse 7, 
Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzziah. It says, and God struck him there for his terror, for his error, and he did thee by the ark of God, by his own error. And then we're going to find out that David is going to get beside himself. So you got to understand something. Uzziah knew the law. He understood. But it's a difference when you stumbling in your own head. When you're dealing with the things of God, you have always surround yourself with the law and the prophets. And he went, stepped out of the realm of God and walked into his own strength and it cost him something. Because your meaning well is different than you're doing what the word of God is telling you to do. Let God arise and my enemies be scattered. And a lot of times we're dealing with Christians, huh, or people that are, are saying they're born again, but really I just call you Christian. Huh? You got to understand something. It's different being born again. Huh? It's different being washed by the blood of God because you got to understand something. When you've been born again and been baptized, you got to understand something that God puts a shield around you and you know right from wrong because a little bit of living would kill the whole loaf. And how many times have we stepped outside the will of God because we're trying to do good in our own strength. But his own strength failed him. And this is why it's going to be a lot of stumbling. There's going to be a lot of hiccups down the road because people are used to walking in their own strength. They have a um, Uzziah spirit on them and they know the law, they understand what God is saying, but yet when a situation arises in our lives, we want to step out in our own strength. We want to make our own provisions. We want to have our own thoughts and our own ways. And you got to understand something. It causes things around us to shift in our life and we want to know why did we end up in this place? Because you disobeyed God. And you got to understand something that's different in his will and his permissive will. A lot of times we're walking around from the pulpit to the back door in the permissive will, but not in the will of God. God is what? Permitting it. But that don't mean he's for it. Let God arise. Therefore, my enemies can be scattered around me. Nobody came to his rescue because they knew not to touch. And a lot of times, you want to know why people are not coming to your rescue. You want to know why people are not coming to bail you out. You got to understand something. You can't get mad at them because they know the law. And you stepped outside the law. And then when they don't come to your rescue, and you want to think about everything that you've done and all of this kind of stuff. But it does not matter. Because if that person is following the will of God, it's nothing you can do about it. You can get mad and everything else. Because we're going to find about David. David had an attitude. And so a lot of times, we don't want to understand that we got an attitude with God. I passed out some information years ago talking about mad at God. Half the church is mad at God because God is not the God that they want them to be. But the God that's in your mind may not be the God that's in that Bible. So you better check yourself. Let God arise. Arise where in me to the fullness. You got to have God totally. Are you going to miss him when these bumps come up and down the road that he can let his enemies be scattered? 
That means he's standing behind you. I mean, in front of you. And you're standing behind him. And when things arise in your life, uh, he spreads out his wings. Uh, he spreads out the cherubims around you. Just like in the Ark of the Covenant. And he's saying, don't even worry about it. Because my presence is there. Uh, you got to understand something. Uh, there was angels, cherubims around the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and everybody else that didn't touch it, the Spirit of the Lord spread up around them. Uh, but only the person that stepped outside uh, of the glory of God got killed. Let's go on down. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzziah. And he called the name of that place Perez Uzziah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Let's talk about his anger. When you're angry at God or mad at God, he steps away from you. Because he's a gentleman. And you probably say, why did God step away from me? Let, I'm, let somebody you know get mad at you. What did you do? You withdraw yourself. So therefore, David allowed what somebody else did to come in his territory. And it caused a domino effect because the glory of God was not in the city of David. But David knew, not like some of us, we think that we can detour and make God do what we want. Just like your children persuade you, you cannot persuade God. He stands on the solid rock. Well, you around here jumping from place to place. You want to know why your blessing can't find you? We're all in the plan of God and don't even understand that you're writing him out of, out of the plan that God has originally planned for your life. You want to know why things are not working out, why things are just not the way that you thought they would be, but you pay your tithes and you go to church and you do this and that, but it seems like God is not there. But the first thing you want to do is blame everybody else and pay everybody else as a lying prophet, but you don't want to look at yourself. You need to understand something. The law is the law, and now God is going to send a spirit in the land that's already here. These people are going to stand up and say, well, thus says the Lord, and they're going to be strong and on point, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because David ego had nothing to do with God. It had everything to do with him, but not with God. You better be careful who you make war with. And you sitting there trying to maneuver this. God cuts this down. You're trying to maneuver this. God cuts this down. Maneuver this and that. There was no glory. Because whoever had the ark had the glory and the blessing of God. That's why Obey Eden had it for three months. Until David came to himself. We're in the hour now. You better hurry up, quick, fast, and hurry. Come to yourself. Let God arise that my enemies can be scattered. And that the glory of the Lord, which is the ark of the covenant, which is the spirit of Christ in us now, spread out his wings. That's why God steps outside of you. And tell us your business better than you. You've been trying to do it for years and years. But when I came to myself, I had to come back. 
And what I've been trying to do for years, God made it in 30 days. When you step back, get in the will of God, repent, and be baptized, that your sins will be forgiven. And I wonder, let's go back down. So David would not move the ark of the Lord because he knew he wasn't in a place to handle it. You got to understand the ark of covenant had rules and regulations. You got to go back into the, um, the beginning of the Bible, the four or five books of Moses. You got to understand some, it was certain things that they could not do. And touching the ark of the covenant was not one of them. But you got to understand they were already out of place because why was not in the city of David? Because David had made errors and mistakes. And now he's trying to go back and fix it, but he ain't quite delivered yet. See, that's a different being delivered and being half delivered. Half delivered means I follow half instruction. Fully delivers me the whole God, all my God is on me. So that means I'm going to do everything precept above precept, and I'm going to follow what God is telling me to do. You got to understand something. Let God arise and his enemies, his wings surround me in my situation, and that nobody and nothing else can hurt me or harm me because I'm in the will of God. You got to understand something. If the ark of the covenant is not with you, you got to understand something. You not have the glory of God. And David understood that his spirit was not right, so he backed away from it. But like us Christian folks, these people say that they are Christians, and not born again, you keep trying to plow down a dead end road. You keep trying to plow down the same soil and God said it's not going to produce nothing. I don't care what you do. You got to see it. David knew that he was not in the place. And they didn't have the protection. Verse 10, so David would not move the ark of the, it says, of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Eden. And, and David knew he had to step away from the situation. It is nothing wrong with stepping away from the situation and examining yourself. A lot of times we don't want to get quiet. Huh? You got to understand something. David knew something was not right. Huh? You got to understand something. When God is in it, there ain't no hiccups. When God sends the blessing, you ain't got to worry about it. No demon, no nothing can stop it. It is at your house, in your bank account, at your job, and you trying to figure out how did God step over all of our enemies and bless me. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. But you got to understand about the hiccups in the road that get us down the wrong avenue. Been there a million times. But you got to come to a place that you get to yourself and find out say, and seek the face of God. Even Hezekiah turned his face to the wall when he received the word from the prophet that did not what he was not what he wanted. It was on point. And then the prophet had to go back when Hezekiah was sitting there on his floor and turned his face to the wall and praying. God spoke to the prophet miles down the road and said, come back here and reverse what I said. I'm a God that I should not lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. If I said it, I'm going to make it good. God relented 
on what he said and added years to his life. But the prophet still holds when you don't understand and obey God, then it'll fall down. So you want to know why these, you want to say these people are false prophet and this and that. But you got to understand what is going on. God relented. That means he held it in place and reversed it. But a lot of times when you go back, I told you, John. Five and 14. Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Least a worse thing come upon thee. And I was reading about Nineveh. When Jonah was fighting with God and got swallowed up in the whale, you got to understand something. Jonah did not want to go down to Nineveh because he knew them stiff-necked, hard-headed, rebellious people was not going to obey the God. But God said, go anyway. I don't care what kind of shape you are or what kind of mindset you're in. God would always come back again and again to give you a second and third chance because he's a God like that. I don't know who you think and you serve. You get in trouble with Bank America and any other of these institutions. You got to wait five and 10 years before they renew your bank account or renew your credit report that you can walk in but God will relent and God will come back and give you just what he said he's going to give you. You need to understand something. He's not a man that he should not lie. Everybody else can lie to you. Everybody else can deceive you but God says I will not. I love you. I know the numbers of hairs on your body. He said I will do anything for you. I suffered blood and died on the cross. I came out of my majesty and glory just for you. Going back to Nineveh, Jonah sent the word. And it was interesting about Bible study. When Pastor Regina was talking, she's talked about when she fasts, no water. When Jonah sent the word, the kings and everybody, the animals, they put everybody on no water, no food. And what did they do when they came back off the fast? They sinned. Therefore, the judgment failed. This is the way God does in our lives. Let God arise and let my enemies be scattered. But you got to understand something. They cannot scatter. That means they will be far off from you. They'll get their minds on something else. You got to understand something. God in battle one time had the people turn on themselves. You got to understand something. Why you sitting in the office or why you down the road or anywhere else. Or people in the bank, they'll go in and they'll do every kind of thing. And you can't get the Lord. Lord, but when God arises and your enemies scattered, God will touch people in the bank. God will touch the people in your office. And they'll be fighting amongst each other. But you'll be sitting in a place that they want you to be at. You got to understand something. God is the master mind control. Why are you allowing the enemy to take your mind into captivity? Let God arise and let my enemies be scattered far away from me. They can't touch me. Their mind ain't even on me. Because the spirit of the Lord, the ark of the covenant is around me and the cherubims are covering me. Can't nobody do anything to me because I'm in the will of God. Can't nobody do anything. Can't nobody say anything. The words and the attacks, anything. You got to understand something. When you're in the perfect will of God, you got to understand something. That's a shield. There's a hedge of protection that's around you. That man cannot touch you. Man cannot do anything to you. And God will seal your mind in such a way that it don't even matter what they say. You know what they say this and they say that. And all of this stuff running crazy in your mind. That's that's why he said he'll seal your mind with a hot and conscience, but you take it for evil. But God said, I use it for good. I seal something hot around you that the enemy cannot even 
torment you at night. You need to see this. You need to see this. I need to detour for something. Go to Numbers 10. This is something that's going on. And it's kind of like uh, Psalm 68. And they are out there in the wilderness. And God and Moses is trying to get his um, father-in-law to come with him down the road. But Jethro is saying, no, I'm going back to my people. And this is 29 through 35. I'm just summing it up. So he's saying, no, Moses, I'm I'm not coming back with you. I'm going to my people. And Moses saying, you come with me. There's going to be a blessing. God is going to be with us. But he said, no, everybody is not going to be where you want them to be. Everybody cannot go where you want them to go. That God arise and your enemies be scattered. Huh? But we are hold on and wait huh? in a place down there in the wilderness. Huh? And the people don't want to go with us. Huh? But God is trying to tell you, you cannot wait for nobody. Huh? You got to move according to the will that I have purpose for your life. And you need to see what's going on. But we're trying to wait. Till they get themselves together. They may not never get themselves together. I'm just paraphrasing it. But the word is for you. And he's saying, God is going to bless you. God is going to be with you. He's telling them this. Verse 31. Numbers 10 and 31. So Moses said, please do not leave. And as much as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness. And you can be our eyes. He's saying you can come in and be our help. You can help watch us out here in the wilderness. (laughs) They can be gifted and talented. It don't mean nothing. But you can't make them go if they don't want to go. And a lot of times... In order for God to rise and let our enemies be scattered. And you got to understand something. We're trying to make who we want to go with us down the road. And sometimes God don't want who you want to go down the road. So that's why you're in a place letting your enemies be scattered instead of his enemies be scattered. Because some people you bring with you brings on a whole nother spirit. <laughs> and God said, I give you the anointing. So the anointing he's giving you for peace and rest and sealing your mind with a high unconscious huh? because you let somebody else come because you felt comfortable with them. Huh? And all of a sudden, it's chaos in your house. Huh? And all of a sudden, my mind spirits are coming back. All of a sudden, my broken heart and, and everything that happened to me 12 and 13 years is coming back on me because you connected. And God said, Come, you come. 
You're not strong enough to come and bring somebody else with you. And Moses propelling him and telling him, my blessing is your blessing because God is with us. He said, no, I can't go with you. You can be a help to us. And we can be a help to you because you got the blessing of the Lord. And it says right here, 32. And it says, and it shall be if you go with us. Indeed, it shall be that whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same will be done to you. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them. Even though you can have the ark, but don't mean everybody can go with you. Because it was meant for them to go, God would have put it in his heart. Moses was really trying to convince him to go. So anything that you got to really convince, it don't want to go. Let's go back. Verse 10, 2 Samuel 6 and 10. So David went, it says, would not move the Ark of the Covenant. It says the Ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed, the Gideonite. It said the Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Eaton, the Gideonite, three months. It says, and the Lord blessed Obed and all his whole house. And David and found out that he'd have messed up. Because the blessing of the Lord should have been in the sight of a David. But it's out there in the country and obeying. And everything is blossoming. You ever notice when the Spirit of the Lord is with you and everything is going, everything that goes what? Right. You can wake up and the sun look like it's even brighter. Because the blessing of the Lord is around you. You're in that, that place in God. Seem like I don't care what the enemy do. It can't even tear me down. Because you're in that place that God has risen from the dead. <laughs> out of my dead situation, God has risen me out of my dead situation. And now he shielded me. With his precious blood. He took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Can't nobody hurt me. Can't no demon destroy me. I don't care what they do and what they try to plot against me or not. They cannot hurt me because I'm spreading about. You need to see this. And what God is doing. When you're in that blessed place in God. I don't care what you try to do. They cannot do nothing to you. You got to understand something. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. God said because you done did it. Because you done gave it all over to me. Because you did not touch the things with your hand and move out of your own strength. And God says guess what. I'm going to work Psalms 23 for you. You've been trying to work it all your life. But you can't even work it. You've been trying to make me love you. You've been trying to make me respect you. You've been trying to make me bless you. You've been trying to do all of these things in perfect. You didn't have to. But now that you know, it's not by works that any man should boast. That you learn through your trials and your tribulations. 
David has thought about what he's done. And he's heard that the blessing is out there in the country in Obed Eden. When I was in Israel, the fruits are not like this. They are huge. That means something that was about 10 inches is 12 inches now. You got to understand, he adds on and multiplies to your life. And you've been trying to work on that crazy job for 20 years and trying to get a $250 raise. God said, I'll make him give him more. Because you're in that place that he has arisen from out of your dead situation. And you have an understanding of Jesus Christ and his suffering coming. You know that it was not about money, houses, and land, but it was about your soul that was going to be in trouble. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I done already done that. He leads me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. That means I'm going to drink where I was thirsty. He's going to renew my strength. What the enemy did to me in the back, God is going to restore. Because we in that place in God. We didn't hurt him. We turned around. We didn't repent and be baptized because your sins have been forgiven. You can't do nothing. We try to press this man and that woman. We try to impress everybody on the job to make us see that we are number one in everything else. We're trying to be number one in their life, but we become zero. But in God's eyes, I ain't got to push through the crowd of the waves. He knows my name. Revelation, them churches in Revelation, he said, I know your works. <laughs> what we've been trying to do is wrong. We've been trying to make our way in God. We've been plowing down the wrong field. We're trying to be in the place of God because this is what society has taught us. This is what false doctrine has taught us. Instead of just giving over, caving in, and surrendering to God with everything, even our problems and our sorrows, everything that we've done wrong, he does not hold it against you when you repent and turn around and make it right with him. You've got to understand something. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man he should repent. If I said I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. It stays there just like the cursing. And when you come into place, it lines up with you. Just that simple. But we make the gospel hard. The simplicity of gospel. We have lost it. Never been taught it. But we keep thinking, if we do this and we do this and we do this, we don't have to clean the temple. We're not the priests. We're the priests of our own lives. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, they said the temple was ripped from top to bottom. The earthquake shook. And we became that living vessel in the book of Acts. So the spirit of God lives inside of you. Why smother it? Why mistreat it? Why put everything on top of it? Why? But we don't want to talk about these things. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I would feel no evil because the spirit of the Lord has surrounded me. And that's what we don't understand. 
I want to say something. Before we go back to 2 Samuel 6 and 11, God had to deal with David. God had to deal with him. You got to let God deal with you. It ain't going to be good because things in us is not good. You don't know you are mad until God deals with you. A lot of times we don't even know we mad. It's not necessarily ask God, let's talk about it on the broader screen. You mad at your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, the pastor. You mad at everybody. People on your job, you just mad. You got to understand some David was just frustrated. He, his whole desire was to bring the Ark of Covenant back with me. I got the King James Version. Go to verse 9. What does he say? David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, Ark of the Lord come to me? So was it about the city of David or was it about us? I just used the city of David as a way to get around that I wanted God with me. Our selfish motives and ambition is found in David. I'm not saying that David's intention was not right, but he knew after it went wrong, it couldn't come back with him. And he came into a place that he got mad and angry. I, I got to go here. Let's go with 2 Timothy. Second Timothy three. You got to understand something. When the glory of God was not there with him, and he became angry, you notice a lot of times when we become angry, it seems like things get lopsided in our lives. Our decision making, the way we deal and move. And so, let's say it in a hypothetical way, David got into a place of apostasy. Because he got mad. You got to understand something. When you mad at God or you mad at somebody else, it turns things in a, in a strange and peculiar way. And it becomes in a place that is not of God. Until you yield your spirit and listen to the voice of God and how it's dealing with you. You'll stay mad. You'll think it's your own consciousness. you think you're right. And everybody else is wrong. That's what happens when people get into themselves. Everybody else is wrong and I'm right. And the more people tell you that you're wrong, the more you get upset. Let's go to verse 2. For men will become lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters, proud. Blaspheme, disobedience to parents. Unthankful, unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving, slanders, without self-control. Look at the world now. Were you in a place, and what is everybody, what is the underlying thing with everybody else? They're angry about something. Anger brings on a whole different connotation. Do you enter the state 
of apostasy, you have abandoned the faith. And you study going on. And life, just like David, was not blessed in the city of David. I want you to see this. And we only hurt ourselves when we don't obey God. Anger is a cruel. It brings on jealousy, brings on rage. Unforgiveness. All the works in the flesh. So David was what? Fleshly. And you know he was mad. He came back and sat on that throne. I bet you he tore up that whole house. Ain't that what you do? Why you don't think David did it? <laughs> and opens doors for your children. Sin does more than you think it does. The old folks say you let Satan dry, ride, he's gonna dry. Drive you out straight down to hell. You can't even let him ride. No kind of way. That's why you got to cleanse yourself, purify yourself. Every time in the Old Testament, before they crossed over, they said what? Everybody arise, purify yourself, sanctify yourself. We're crossing over Jordan. Arise. I'm arising out of what? My old situation. Silver and gold I don't have. But this is what I do have. I give you the name of Jesus. Arise. Arise where? Out of your bed of affliction. Even when they, uh, Tasha, you know this, even at the hospital or when they in a place now when, uh, in rehab, what do they do? They make them get up. Arise. Strengthen ourselves. Oh, you thought the doctors thought of that. The word. You need to see this. You got to understand. Let's go on to verse 11. And the Lord blessed obey Eden. The Lord just did everything. Verse 12. And it says, and it was told David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed Eden. And all that belongs to him. You know David is upset. What was mine is in somebody else's house. Because how I handled the situation. How you handle the situations in your life with other people has a reflection on the person that's doing it wrong. Just like what you do affects you and everybody else around you. But we're selfish. We only think about ourselves, but we don't think about the consequences until you got to live through them. The hardships. Then we start thinking about it. Let's go on. It says because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Eden to the city of David with gladness. And you got to understand something. David said, I done got myself together. Huh? He'll tell you, they took six paces forward, six paces back. They were jumping and shouting. And then we're going over to Psalm 68. 
Honey, they was jumping and shouting. They had a parade out there. You got to understand something. David probably about 45,000 men of hosts and the chosen men and all the praised women. You got to understand something. There was a party going down there to obey Eaton House. I don't know if you ever been to New Orleans. I have. I was born and raised there. I'm going to tell you something. Huh? Mighty Girl ain't nothing like you think you see. I was raised in Mobile. We had it there. But I'm going to tell you something. Huh? When you go down there, they dancing and shouting. The whole street huh, is out there. I mean, everybody is packed. You can't even get around, folks. It's just that packed. You got to understand something. David had a party. He had a parade down there bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. David had a jar. God didn't kill me in my grave. He didn't let me die. <laughs> and I said, as God kept me in my angry state of mind. Good God Almighty. When David saw himself, you know when God saw her, when you done let God deal with you, and you done seen that God done dealt with you, and kept you and could have cut you off. Oh, but I'm happy and glad. I was crazy after him, but God kept me. I was a fool. For everybody else, but I wasn't a fool for Jesus. I'd rather be in a fool for God than a fool for the world. Oh, my God. But when I found out how God did it, oh, how he kept me. How he kept me out of all this stuff. I didn't get sick. I didn't be in a car wreck. I didn't get all of this crazy stuff. My friend ended up this way, but not away. But nothing happened to me. God kept me. David was jumping and shouting, honey. Oh, my God, he was a happy somebody. He said, oh, my God, I repented. I was crazy. He took that castle getting up out of there. He said, rise now. Let's go to fasting and prayer. No more. We're going back and getting the ark of God. We shouldn't be suffering like this. And David wrote this song. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. When anointing get on you, you jumping up like a rabbit. You can't sleep at night. David was up all night long, fasting and praying and singing hymns. He was up and he was doing all this kind of stuff. And I don't know about you. You ever get your book out and just start writing down things that God is saying. I don't know if you ever been to Glad Glad and the Joy Joy and then God give you a song from your heart. That's the most purest song in heaven. But you trying to be like Kurt Franklin. Oh, but there's a song down in your soul. Let God arise. Can you imagine? He shouted. The whole parish heard him. The whole countryside. They said, what in the world? Huh? I'm going to tell you something. When the spirit of the Lord getting you, huh? that's a voice that come out of Zion. And you be like, this liberty old body? And you be like, it's a voice from Zion. Let his enemies... God said, I'm giving this over to you. Be scattered. It says, let those who hate him flee before him. He's giving praises to God. David said, I knew some people were glad that I failed. <laughs> but they can't do nothing with me now. You got to see this. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. That means God is pushing David's fears away. 
everything. So let the, says the wicked perish in the presence of God. It says, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Exalt him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah. And you can go to 10, Numbers 10 and 35 talks about it. I pray that something's been said and done. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, amen.